Our second reading today uh, will be from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, uh, the whole chapter until uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, but as we come to that, let's pray. Our Lord, our Heavenly Father, we are gathered here to praise your name, to come before you in prayer and to hear you speak to us. Our Lord, it is a privilege and an honour to hear your word. We know, Lord, that, that that word is not effective unless you are at work in us. And so we pray, Lord, that you would be at work in us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Samuel uh, chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. Now, there were not many visions. Now, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, oh, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realised that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli... The guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. 
the Lord was uh, with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of his words fall to the ground and all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognised that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word and Samuel's word came to all Israel. Amen. How important is the Word of God, the Bible, uh, to your everyday life? Is the Word of God precious to you? In today's passage, we see a change in Israel where they went from not having the Word of the Lord to having the Word of the Lord proclaimed. Uh, Today, the Bible is on our shelf, uh, even on your phone And you can take it for granted and not read it unless somehow you're in the mood or you really have a need of it. But the word of God should be more precious to you than that. Uh, We are progressing through the book of Samuel. Just as a reminder, the time in which the book of Samuel is set is the period of the judges. It was a time when there was no king And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so often Israel would go astray and and God would subsequently bring judgment upon them and their enemies would prevail over them or even enslave them. But still, when they cried out to the Lord, the Lord would remember them and he would raise up for them a judge who would lead them back to the Lord and to times of blessing. And from the very first chapter in Samuel, Israel faces dark times. Now, their spiritual leadership is corrupt and wicked. But in those dark times, Samuel is born in an answer to Hannah's prayer. Hannah, who was barren and couldn't have any children, had a child. For her prayer was answered by the Lord. And she dedicated that child to the service of the Lord. And so Samuel is at the temple, in the tabernacle. There is something going on here. The Lord is at work and Samuel somehow is at the centre of it. So how bad were things in Israel? Well, verse 1 says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. The Lord was not speaking to Israel. Uh, We saw last week that a man of God came to Eli and he gave Eli a message from God. It was a message of judgment. But it was a message from the Lord. But that kind of thing was rare. The word of the Lord was not being fed to the people by Eli or his sons. And so there was nothing heard about God. And there was nothing heard from God. From the Lord, there was silence. You might imagine that this isn't a problem today. After all, the the Bible is so accessible. Surely such times are long gone. But that is not necessarily so. Just because the road rules are written down and easily available, it doesn't mean that people will read them, let alone follow them. And there can be times when the word of God, similarly, is ignored 
set aside. And even if it is read and heard, it just may have no impact at all. Uh, People can listen but not hear. People can read but fail to understand. And in the end, the problem is the same. If the Lord does not speak himself or open our ears or prepare our hearts, then even if words are spoken or read, the result is still the same. Silence from God. If the Lord himself is not speaking through his word, the word will simply fall on deaf ears. Any preaching will fall on deaf ears if the Lord is not actively at work through his word. That is silence from God. Of course, if God's word is never preached at all or it's not accessible at all, uh, then that too can be silence from God. And so having access to the Bible, to Bible studies and to preaching centred on God's word is important too. But why does it matter? What if we never heard from God? The default situation without hearing from the Lord basically is darkness in your life. You would not know God's ways. You would not know him. You would not know the trouble that you're in. And you would not know that salvation was being offered. The default state of mankind with no word from the, from the Lord is condemnation. Because every one of us is a sinner and God is holy. And so we would die, we would face judgment, and we would all end up in hell. That's the default. And so when Israel is not hearing anything from the Lord at all, that is a sign of condemnation upon that nation. But amid those dark days, the Lord was working his plan toward bringing down the corrupt priesthood and raising up Samuel. Already Samuel is serving in the Lord in the temple and soon he will be called by the Lord to be his prophet, to bring the word of the Lord to the people. Verse 2 says, One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Uh, In the temple there is a lot of uh, symbolism. Uh, But even in this passage there is some as well. Eli is so weak that he can barely see. Which parallels strongly his spiritual blindness. He is unable and unwilling to live out the will of God. And so he walks in spiritual darkness in blindness but while Eli rests away from the temple further from God's presence Samuel rests in it and the lamp of God uh, is in the temple there and it's continuing to glow and the lamp of God in the temple represented his presence with his people and it had not yet gone out the Bible says the Lord was still there you kind of get the feeling that maybe the It was flickering or it was ready to go out. But the Lord's presence was still there. He is our light in the darkness. And Samuel sleeps in that light. And just beyond that is the ark of God in the inner room of the temple. Also a reminder of God's presence 
but also a reminder of his mercy towards his people. And Samuel is the closest uh, to it. And that is where he sleeps and rests. Verse 4 says, Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And so he went and lay down. And it happened a second time. Verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. There's a lot of confusion that goes on here. Samuel, though, stands out pretty well. He is very obedient. Every time he is called, even the third time, he, he still goes out to Eli. He hears someone calling him. He must answer. And clearly he has heard a voice. It's not a voice inside his head. It's, it's not a dream. He's hearing someone speak to him. And so he goes. Just common sense to him. There's someone spoken. It, it could only be Eli. I better go see him. And the Bible says here that Samuel doesn't recognise the voice of the Lord. He doesn't yet know him as he will know him. God is about to reveal himself to, to Samuel in a way that I'm sure that none of us will this side of heaven. The Lord will speak to Samuel clearly and openly. They're going to have conversations, to and fro conversations, just speaking face to face. But this is the first time that it's ever happened for Samuel and, and so there's confusion. Strangely, it is Eli who figures out what is going on here. Verse 8 says, The Lord called Samuel a third time and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realised that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Now for Samuel, who cares for the Lord, this is an amazing moment. The Lord God was speaking to Samuel directly. It says he stood there. He was present in the same place and speaking the same way in which you and I would talk to each other. There are very few who were ever privileged to have experienced this. And before Samuel, the last to have known God so directly as this was Moses, with whom the Lord spoke face to face. And so Samuel, who was faithfully serving the Lord, would have been excited, encouraged, but his mind blown. But the message he received was not great news. Verse 11 says, And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. It's, it's not great news personally for Samuel because well, Eli is like a father to him. With Samuel's parents living far away and only visiting once per year, Eli 
would have very much been a father to him. And you can see this in the way in which Eli uh, calls Samuel son over and over in this passage. Uh, For Eli, this wouldn't have been new news. He has already been told by the man of God in the last chapter that this was going to happen. But it doesn't seem that he's shared that with anyone else and so Samuel seems to be hearing it for the first time. Eli and his sons have been judged for their contempt of the sacrifices being made to the Lord. But there is a heavy message here. The guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice and offering. In that day, there was no other way. Even when we consider Christ, it is because he sacrificed his life that our sins are forgiven. The very symbolism of the sacrifices performed at the tabernacle were to demonstrate that sins could not be forgiven without sacrifice. That blood must be shed, that a life must be given, that the penalty of death for sin must be paid. The path for forgiveness of sins laid out in the covenant between God and Israel was sacrifice and offerings. But by what they had done, Eli and his sons had already turned their back on the sacrifices and offerings made at the tabernacle. They were even denying to others the ability to rightly perform sacrifices and offerings. Eli and his sons had profaned and disregarded that sacrifice and there was no other way back into God's grace. The Lord says that he is determined that the house of Eli would never be atoned for by sacrifice and offering and that excludes them from salvation. What they had rejected was not just a religious ceremony. It's not just a sacrificial rite. It's, it's the way of salvation. Those sacrifices symbolised what Christ would do and by rejecting them, they rejected Christ. And if you were to reject Christ's salvation, you need to know that there is no other way to be saved. Of course, if your heart and mind is changed and you turn back and find Christ, you will find forgiveness and you will be saved. But if you reject him until the end, you reject salvation. It's like you are hanging from a cliff, gripping a tuft of grass that could pull away at any moment and then someone reaches down to take hold of you but you send them away saying you don't want their help. There is no other place to turn. There isn't any other way that this is going to turn out. It is a rejection that will only lead to your death. And if you have rejected Christ, your fate will only be condemnation unless you turn back to him. Uh, Eli and his sons would not repent of their sin. They continued to sin against the Lord. And Eli, despite the word from God that he has already received, has still, still done nothing. And his sons have continued their wicked way. God 
is bringing judgment on them. And for Samuel, who saw Eli as a father, this is bad news that he didn't want to deliver. Verse 15 says, Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Because Samuel is is to be a prophet of God, one of the first things he must learn is that delivering the bad news is as important as delivering the good. The bad news from God is judgment on Eli, Hophni, Phinehas and their house. And it is coming soon. And when Eli, Hophni and Phinehas die, there is no record of their repentance. It might be possible that Eli in the end repented, but there is no discernible change. And we are certainly to take away from this the warning that failure to recognise the salvation offered through sacrifice brings judgement. In their case, the sacrifice is offered in the temple. In our case, the sacrifice offered by Christ. When Eli says he is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. It sounds like it might be faithful in a way, but it is more a resignation to his fate. In, in what Eli says is an echo of what the state of Israel is. Remember, Israel is a place where everyone does what is good in their own eyes. Eli has been no exception to that. And so in a way, what he's saying, let him do what he wants to do, I will do what I want to do. These two things don't connect. You see, when it is God, and God does what is right in his eyes, it is the holy righteous and perfect thing to do it is not just what is good in his eyes but it is by very nature good and holy and perfect because God is good and holy and perfect but what God does is not good in the eyes of Eli Eli remains in disagreement with the Lord God's word won't be good news for everyone. Those who have sinned against the Lord and have no desire for repentance find no joy in the words of salvation. If you cannot and will not repent of your sin, then the news of Christ's salvation is not good news for you. Because he not only calls you to life, but he calls you to repentance, to submit to him and to his ways. And your failure to accept him as both Saviour and Lord will only lead to your condemnation. It was bad news for Eli and his sons, but the flip side is that for others, 
the removal of Eli and his sons from the places of authority in the temple will be a blessing. Samuel will take a greater role and the Lord's name will no longer be put to shame and the sacrifices and offerings will be restored to their fullness and and the meaning and everything that was behind it, the offering of forgiveness, the idea that God's love was being offered through these things would once more accompany those sacrifices and that news would be once more shared with the people of Israel. In some ways, the the destruction of the wicked is necessary for the blessing of the faithful. And so there will be a judgment and there is a hell because heaven would not be heavenly if wickedness and sin remained. And if the unrepentant remain unrepentant, they could never be there. At the very centre of the gospel message is bad news. It begins with bad news. And the bad news is that we have all sinned against God and we all deserve judgment and hell. That's the bad news. And the worst bad news is that we can't do anything about it. You can't do anything for God to make up for it. You can't offer to God anything to make up for it. It is out of your hands. But the good news is that Jesus has come. And he has done everything necessary to bring us forgiveness. And so if we turn to him and repent of our sins and take him as our saviour and Lord, then we can be saved from the judgment and hell which we would otherwise deserve. And instead we can have eternal life with God. But the good news makes no sense if we don't understand the bad news. The bad news needs to be told. For Samuel, the bad news was that Eli and his sons would perish. But the good news is the Lord is speaking to Samuel and Samuel will speak to the people and the people will be blessed by the word of the Lord. There was real hope dawning at last in those dark times. Verse 19 says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. At the beginning of the passage, the word of the Lord was rare. And now... It is proclaimed. Now the Lord continues to appear and to speak. And his word makes its way to all Israel. God's silence towards Israel was a sign of condemnation. But now the silence is broken. And in the coming years the word of God for Israel will sometimes to them sound like bad news. But there would be good news too. And the good news was that the people could be made right with God and God loved them, cared for them. He loves his people. Without the word of God, we are lost. We are living in darkness. 
The word of God is light to us. It is instruction for right living. It contains all the promises of forgiveness and grace. It reveals to us who God is. And this was the power of the word that came through Samuel to Israel. With only silence from God, Israel could not know who God was or what he desired them from them or, or what he might do for them. But with the word of the Lord came knowledge of God, understanding of his ways and the good news of salvation. Now in those days, the written word of God was not widely available. At, at best, it was written in their hearts and minds. At, at worst, it was lost to memory. But the word of God would make its way through Samuel to the people of God and to all of Israel. And it would be a blessing to them. And that would turn out to be Samuel's primary role. Prophet of the Lord God to Israel. He would communicate the word of God to Israel. Much of what the word of the prophets, what they had spoken, what was revealed to them was written down. And what we have in the scripture in the Old Testament is the prophetic word of God. It is what God intended to say to us, recorded by those who were driven by the Spirit of God to write it. The New Testament is the same. The authors were carried along by the same Spirit of God to communicate his word to us. And then when Jesus came into this world, the delivery of the word of God reached its peak. He was the perfect prophet because through him the word of God came to us not through an intermediary but directly from the mouth of God the Son. And Jesus not only spoke the word but he lived it and he fulfilled the word. And his life and words are also given for us in scripture. We are indeed blessed to have access to the Word of God. It contains everything you need to know about God, everything you need to know about being saved, everything you need to know about how the Lord calls you to live. The Word of God is what will bring light into the darkness of your life. It will bring you greater clarity and greater assurance. It will bring you closer to God. So why does the Bible still sit on the shelf why are we not studying it more the bible is a treasure trove of god's word for us if we leave it on the shelf it remains unread and how is then that different from from living in israel those many years ago when god was silent with them we cannot expect our lives to be changed for our, our knowledge of the lord uh, to grow for our faith to increase or for spiritual blessings to fall upon us or even for the Lord to encourage us if we fail to pick up his word and read it. Take time to read it. Meditate on it, think on it. Give yourself time to hear what God is saying and find out for yourself how wonderful the word of God is. Let God speak in your life through his word. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord, our Heavenly Father, we, uh, we do thank you for your word. Uh, through your word, we, 
We find out who you are, what you have done, how you call us to live, and we find out our need of salvation, and we find out all about Jesus, the way of salvation. Lord, help us to to know your word, to believe your word, for your word to have an impact on our hearts and our minds. Lord, we do confess that there are many days we go without reading your word. So there are days where we are further from you, not listening to you. Lord, help us to be encouraged by your word. Help us to pick it up, to read it, to know it by heart. Let it fill our hearts and our minds more than all of the other the rubbish that the world uh, gives us to hear. Enrich our lives and form us and shape us. Through your word we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.